Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today, and we have got a great show in store for you. But before we dive in, I want to take a moment and tell you about one of our incredible partners, y'all, the upcoming movie, American Underdog. The movie tells the incredible, true family love story of Kurt and Brenda Warner. I got to see an early screening of American Underdog, and y'all, I enjoyed it so much. I enjoyed it so much from the soundtrack that we could not stop talking about to the actor's portrayal of these real and complex relationships. I mean, y'all, it stars Zachary Levi. Like, what a win. To the big sports moments. It's just so well done. There's nothing quite like the fire of a competitive spirit up against a daunting opponent when the clock is running out. In sports and in life, these are the moments that show us who we truly are and give us a chance to be brave and rise to the occasion. And they're the moments that made me, like, hold my breath and sit on the edge of my seat and have the best time watching this movie. American Underdog is sure to inspire the dreamer in all of us. You guys can see it in theaters everywhere beginning on Christmas Day, and I think you should. You can learn more at AmericanUnderdogInspires.com. Life made them underdogs and faith made them champions. Y'all go check out American Underdog. Today on the show, I get to chat with my friend Mike Donahue. Y'all, this guy, he is a recording artist, a songwriter, a speaker, podcast and video show host, an author of the best-selling book, Finding God's Life for My Will, and founding member of the band 10th Avenue North. If you've been around here for a while, you already know and love Mike. You heard him back on episode 157. It's still one of my all-time favorites if you want to go back and listen. During 2020, Mike began processing, like many of us, all of the things that we were walking through in response to the pandemic. Songs just started pouring out, and he quickly penned an entire album and more. You're going to hear about it. Encouragement, radical vulnerability, acknowledgement, acceptance, mourning, honesty. These are just a handful of the topics he tackles in his new collection of 11 songs birthed out of his struggle to learn what it takes to truly flourish in any and every circumstance. Flourish released in August. It's such a good album. You guys, y'all are absolutely going to love it. And you're going to love this guy if you don't know him already. So here's a conversation with my friend, Mike Donahue. Um, Hi. Did I yeah, jump that's the gun? your start. Did nope. I jump the gun? Nope, that's, over, that's how it's starting. <laughs> you doing a high is how it's starting. Mike, thank you for As coming As you draw back. your breath to do the you intro. You did it. It was perfect. Hi. Yeah, no, I was here for it. Um, you're a professional podcaster now, so you know how to do this. Oh, yes. Yeah. I like to do words to <laughs> come make senses. You do it. I love your show. Will you say the name of your podcast show? I see Chase, the graphic. Chasing the Beauty. Chasing the so Beauty. So the idea is to f- find God in the places, uh, the unexpected places, yes. the place you didn't think you could find him. Yes. Will you, re- if you want to, remind mm-hmm. me your Enneagram number, are you four? I am I am the, art, what is it, antitype of the four? Oh, I'm okay. the social four. Ah, oh, got it. Wing three. Oh, yeah. So I've yeah. done some digging since last we talked. And, and what do you feel? Discovered some more about it. Do you like it more or less? I still like it the same. I mean, yeah. I love the Enneagram, but I don't like when you realize it's really not meant to be a way to get an upper hand on other people. <laughs> It's really meant to be like a, a, a magnifying painful, glass yes. on yourself. Yes. I feel a bit like an ant with the magnifying yeah. glass and the sun yeah, yeah. burning me. Do you feel like it's helped with relationships to well, know your type? Yeah. It, it's really helped me understand why – Like, so I'm a four with a wing three and a social four, which is strange. And then – so there's this – even yesterday, I was going to post a little message on, yeah. about All Saints Day. Okay? Yeah. And – I sit there and I go, well, why am I doing this? Am I doing this just to be popular? But then wow. the three wing of me goes, but I want to be popular. <laughs> but the four wing of me is like, but I don't want to be popular just to do the things that make yeah. you popular. I, I want to yeah. actually give something authentic. And, you know, the four wants to belong but wants to be authentically belonging. And yeah. so that becomes a hamster on a wheel because yes. – you know, you don't feel like you belong because you're unique, mm. but you want to belong because you're unique. So yeah. oh, kind of don't is, belong anywhere. It's the pain of a four, right? Yes. Is that the thing you want most is the thing you think is impossible. Yes. Maybe that's the pain in all of us mm. is the thing we want most is the thing we think is impossible. I've been thinking a lot about these paradigms. The, the other I love thing, when you start sentences like this. Yeah. I'm just going to sit back. This is why I want you here every week. The okay, other go. thing I've really been thinking about a lot is how your greatest gift is your greatest weakness. Yes. So – 
I, that's like a really profound shift for me when I realize, oh, okay, so I've been gifted with words, which means I have the ability to encourage and give insight, but I also have the weakness, the temptation to flatter and manipulate. Oh, wow. Right? So you have to be really aware that what is a gift in the spirit is also on the very flip side of the same thing as your weakness in the flesh. And I think that's a really profound shift for me, at least. I, my slamming into that yes. has been how much I used my words. <laughs> mm. Like it has been like, you didn't have to say three of those five sentences or right. that was gossip or that was unkind or that was just too, you, you just, you could, you explained it the first time. Yes. Why'd you do it three times? Absolutely. And so, so I feel the same that, and often I think your gift is what makes you feel the loneliest. Oh, absolutely. You think that's yeah. true? Well, it depends. Depends on who you're surrounded by and really? whether they call out your gift as a gift uh-huh. or whether they're constantly maybe jealous of your gift. Yeah. And so then make you feel like they want – sometimes – I got to be careful how I say this, but, you know, sometimes you shine too bright and so people want to just – Yes. Dull. Stain yeah. it. Yeah. Because it's, it's too much. Yeah. So I've been really working on – so as a four, right, my, my, I believe, right, my fatal, uh, what do you call it, deadly sin yeah. is envy, mm-hmm. okay? So one of the ways I've, so, so I'll get just depressed, I'll, oh man, I shouldn't be where I should be by this time in my life, or, you know, it's, you just go on the rabbit trail. Yeah. And so I've made this habit of when I really start getting depressed and inside myself, I just go through my phone and start sending encouraging texts to people. Wow, and it's it, I, I don't think that I'm not dealing with my stuff. I think sometimes you can celebrate your way out of depression when you start wow. acknowledging the gifts in others. It actually there's this participatory healing that happens yeah. when you kind of realize, oh, this isn't all about me. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Craig, that's sitting behind you. Yes, just got engaged. Oh, on wonderful. Saturday. So I because I'm not married yet. Craig, Craig gets engaged yesterday, and I posted on Instagram. Right. And a, and I bet I got eight to ten comments of, how do you feel that right. when you don't have the thing that you want? And I thought, well, the way you fight feeling anything that isn't for your people is you just cheer for your people. Yes. Right? The way you fight that is you go, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to yell, A, Craig's not marrying the person I want to marry. So <laughs> right. great. If Craig was marrying the person I want to marry, we'd have a different conversation, yes. Yes. right? I love Hannah, but that's not who I'm interested in marrying. Yes. And so and so it is that same thing of like how do, the way you fight the the natural inclination of our humanness mm-hmm. is do the opposite thing. Yeah, sometimes. Right? For sure. I mean, that's what you're saying with your texting. Yeah, uh when you're in a band of music, it's impossible not to compare yourself. To right. Even so, I just went to the Switchfoot Need to Breathe New Respect. Oh my gosh. Okay? I, yeah, it was and, unbelievable. And it right? was amazing, but constantly these thoughts come in my head. I go, oh, we used to do shows with those guys. Mm-hmm. And there was times that Need to Breathe was playing before us at a festival. Yeah. And so then the natural inclination is like, well, what did I do wrong? Oh, that wow. I don't have this. Yes. And as opposed to going, well, this isn't what God called me to do. Yes. Exactly. Yes. We're in the same space. Yes. But, and so that celebrating people, that's been a huge – if I told you about I don't pray for God to use me anymore? No. Okay. So this this was a big shift. We're playing our first festival at 10th, 10th Avenue, Avenue North. North. Yeah. And we'll get to that. Life Fest, Wisconsin. And I remember, you know, we had actually been an indie band for years and years and years. And we mostly were doing sort of church camps and, you know, private concerts for friends at, you know, churches. And so we get signed, and this is our first time playing shows with other artists. Yeah. Because for years and years, we were just the only band who would be there. You <laughs> right, because it's a summer camp. Yeah, it's a, or it's we a, were it. Yeah. <laughs> and in a weird way, I don't think I realized how inflated my ego was doing being the only camps. act. Yeah, yeah, just being the f- sole focus. Yeah. And so we get to this festival and I, I rally our troops behind, you know, I go, let's pray for God to use our band. Use our band. Use our band. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. God, use our band so mightily. And I, I really felt a tap on the shoulder from the Holy Spirit. Hey, um, what if I want to use the other bands? 
Oh, wow. Anyway, um, use me first. <gasps> right. Use me more. <laughs> use me more. Really was right. my prayer. Right. And it really undid something in me where ever since then I've tried, and not always with great success, but I've tried to say, hey, God, move. I want to be used. I am here and I want to be useful, but you don't have to use me. Mm. I just want to see you move. I'm available. So praying God make me wow. useful as wow. opposed to God use me is a much different My stance. It's subtle, right? God make me useful. Yeah. Which that's that's our job is to prepare That's just ourselves. being a, a, a fork or a knife or a spoon in the drawer. Yeah. I'm here. Make me useful. I'm willing. I'm not the best spoon. I'm willing. Necessarily. But, it, but if it's a knife that needs to cut the pie... Fine. That you're like, yeah, use the knife. Right. That's great. Right. There you go. And then, so what happens is. Yeah, I was about to say, what's the result? In that paradigm, then when God uses someone else, you actually get to participate in the joy. This is it. You this actually are, you know, increasing your joy as opposed to, oh, God used them. And so now you're overcome with envy and yeah. bitterness. Because and... a pie doesn't need to be cut by a spoon. Yeah. So why can't, why wouldn't we celebrate God doing for someone else, in someone else, through someone else, mm-hmm. what we want to see him do anyway? Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. It, I mean, it's a choice, but it feels so good once you get going. Yeah. And it, it really is a practice. I yeah, love that's right. It how is. Brother Lawrence says the practicing the presence of God. Yeah. How these, these... These things are something you're going to have to practice at. You're not going to get yeah, it right. Yeah. And so I'm at the show the other night, and I'm practicing going, yes. God, thank you that you're using yes. that need to breathe. Thank you that you're using Switchfoot. Thank you for, you know, thank you for the new respects. Thank you for all these people who get to gather, and thank yeah. you that I don't have to be the one on stage. Yeah. That, that this isn't all riding on my shoulders. Yeah. That there's actually this freedom of going, oh, it's not all up to me. Yeah. You know? I mean, every one of us can— can match that story in some way of going, man, I know the thing that I wish, or I know the thing that I used to do that someone else is doing or whatever. So will you talk about when you think forward, and I do want us to go back and talk a little bit about how you got here since the last time you were on the show. Yeah, oh, yeah. But when you think forward, when you're sitting in that moment, I we just uh, had to postpone my October tour and reschedule it for, you know, welcome to- I, too, uh, just postponed a tour. Yeah, it's a real- a real yeah, special feeling. That's so fun. I have I have not That sounds fun. I have yeah. <laughs> yeah well, we're, so you know the exact feeling. Mm-hmm. So then when a friend of mine has a tour coming through town that is a female doing her tour, yep. it's a and you probably experienced it with Need to Breathe where you're like, not only do I wish I was doing what you're doing, I wish I was just doing what I do. Right. Like I mean I'm getting to watch you do the thing I'm not gonna get to do right mm-hmm. now. What are you telling yourself about the future? What are you telling yourself about what God what God is doing behind the scenes? Or are you just, are you not? What, what's the conversation in your head about that? Great question. Thank you. You're good at asking questions. My dad you loves when people say that. You should do this for a living. <laughs> um, I was going to say, I was driving on the way here. I go, Annie figured it out. She's making a living just having conversations. A hundred percent. doing what my- we all do. <laughs> Genius. With people that I adore. See, I mean, now I'm can't jealous. Lose. Now I'm can't. jealous. Um, <laughs> I would say the thing, so there's a song on my new record called The Glory I Couldn't See. Dude. And this, this song, when I wrote it, it was in the middle of the pandemic, and I, I was overcome. Uh, I was on, on probably the closest side of depression I've ever been. Hmm. And and. I use that word very gently because I acknowledge that some people have probably experienced something much more profound than I was experiencing, and yes. they say you should reserve that word for us. Uh, but for but in my cro- own, in, your scale, in my scale, yeah. I have always been sort of a sunny, dispositioned yeah. child. Uh, my mom said I used to smile in my sleep. She'd oh, that's come in adorable. When I was <laughs> three years old, I'd be smiling. <laughs> so the you know our. Farewell tour got canceled, and then I'm back home, and I just didn't want to be there. Yeah. Just didn't want to be there. And I'm just obsessing about the future, when I'm going to get out of this. Mm -hmm. And I'm obsessing about the past. Oh, if only I could have changed things, maybe I wouldn't be in this spot. Yeah. And I don't know if you're a C.S. Lewis fan. Yeah, of course. My uh, brother-in-law wants to dress up next Halloween as C.S. Lewis C.K. Yeah. <laughs> Where he's like Louis C.K. Yes. delivering C.S. Lewis oh, lines. Like, anyway. What a dream. Sorry. I digress. But C.S. Lewis in the screw tape letters, he has this um in I think it's letter 15. So 
for those of you listening that don't know what screw tapes letter, letters are, it's a book by C.S. Lewis where an uncle demon is coaching a nephew demon yes. on how to tempt a human. Mm-hmm. And in this particular chapter or this letter, he says, get your human to obsess over the past. And the past is pretty good, but it's finite. So they'll mm-hmm. run out of memories mm-hmm. and then they'll move on. So what you really want to do is get them to obsess over the future wow. because it's infinite. There's wow. no end. Now, I'm not talking about the future hope that we as Christians are meant to have, that we, we put our hope in a future treasure. Like yes. that's, that's something different. But what, what he's talking about is you're not living your present day because you're obsessing over what you wish it was going to be. Yes. And that was me. Oh, when is this pandemic going to end? And when am yeah. I going to get back on tour? And when is this going to happen? This going to happen? And I, I read a couple other things. And this phrase, I sort of amalgamized a couple quotes. But I came up with this one single sentence. The secret to peace is embracing your current circumstance as if you had chosen it. Gee. So listen, listen to that. <laughs> Say it again. The secret to peace. Ooh. And Christ is our peace, right? Yes. The, the secret to peace is embracing your current circumstance as if you had chosen it. Because in the screw tape letters, he says, hey, we both know the reality. Get your human to obsess over the future. We yeah. both know this strange reality that the present is the only point where time touches eternity. Mm. In other words, there's never going to be then. Yeah. Then is always going to be now. Yeah. And so now we're touching eternity. So if I don't choose where I am, and I'm not saying – because. I've I've shared this a little bit and people go, You're are you justifying abusive relationships? Are oh, you gosh. justifying this? Are you justifying this? Certainly. Not at all. I'm I'm not even saying I chose the circumstances through which my present reality has come to me. Mm. But until I said, I choose this pandemic. Wow. I choose to be here today, yeah. Yeah. right now. I was a victim to my own life. Wow. And and I think the secret to unlocking victimhood, and mm. I'm not talking about disregarding your trauma and not Certainly. dealing with this and all that. What I'm saying is, I love that you bo- you and I both understand caveats. You yes, know, caveat, yes, caveat, yes. caveat, Because I'm like, thank you that we're not going to get that email check. Yes. Not that email check. <laughs> uh, but you you will experience a level of victimhood until you say, I choose this. Mm. And wow. once you do that, now you can actually, now you can get healing. Yeah. Now you can, you know, start to unlock your trauma because you have to say, okay, let's do this. Mm. You know, and for me, choosing my present, yeah. I, I think, is the best way I can unlock my future. Yeah. And I think, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, really, really. Get, I think the other thing I experience when I do that well is that, that it's almost like my eyes open to the gifts right now. And then the Lord, like, I, I'm thinking of a couple of weekends ago where I had this experience where the Lord was like, do, do you see I have you exactly where? Do you see I have every player in this story exactly where I need them to be? And I was like, oh, it's not what I want. Like, I, all the players aren't where I wish they were. But, but, the, but because I said, well, I see purpose here. Yeah. God's encouraged me and said, there's purpose right where you are. And I went, oh, well, then there's purpose where every player in this story is. Yes. Uh, we're all in the story that God's telling. Yeah. And to say yes to this moment is the secret to unlocking the redemptive narrative that God is. So you're talking about peace. You said like you wanted peace over this conversation. So I've been reading in Colossians and what's really struck me is it says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. Mm -hmm. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. And then it says, let your roots go down into Christ. Mm. Jesus says in John 14, let not your hearts be troubled. I want you to picture this. Let, okay? So a lot of when I think about Christian life and disciplines, it feels like, oh, another thing I have to do. Yeah. Uh, when you think about these words from Paul, hey, just let it happen. Yeah. The peace is at your door, pushing on the door, and you are actively resisting it. Mm-hmm. And all you got to do is l- let. give up your resistance. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been thinking about how repentance is just giving up resistance. Yes. Right? So bear fruit in keeping with repentance, John the Baptist says. And all that means is just stop fighting it. Yes. Just let it yes, happen. Yes, just let it. If you will open the gate. If, if you say yes. And yes. so my thought was maybe all resistance to God is simply no. Oh, right. 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 I mean, it's just saying, no, I won't. The thing I, I won't, no. No, I won't forgive that person. 
Yeah. No, I don't accept this present reality. No, yes. I, you know, whatever, whatever. No, I won't make that move. No, I won't. And so, it, I, yeah. I mean, I deal wow. with it this morning. Two of my kids woke up uh, and my my one kid is huge belly ache because she ate way too much Halloween candy. Oh, you know, and my wife's got to take the other two to... Wait, how many are there total? I have four daughters. Four, right. Yeah, okay. pray for me. Yeah, um, four daughters. Let's go. And any great four raising four daughters. There's a lot of crying Sweet. in my house. And sometimes... <laughs> From everyone. The, sometimes the girls cry too. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, you know, she's got to go to the dentist and take my other two to the dentist. And now, you know, she's got to bring my other kid because she didn't go to school. And, yeah. you know, and you're like, I don't choose this. Yeah. I, I don't choose this. And the secret to peace is going, okay, I choose this. Yeah. This isn't what I wanted. Yeah. But, but let's be here. Yeah. Let's be here. And and so for me, what had happened, see, what had happened was <laughs> is in that moment, I realized that all these years I'd been touring in this band and I would come home off the road and I'd be with my family, but I was still on the road in my head. Oh, wow. And that was the great, I wrote, I, I started by saying the song glory. I couldn't see was basically my great confession of going as things have been opening up. I keep hearing people, let's go back to normal. Let's go back to normal. And I go, dear God, don't ever let me go back to normal. Wow. Because you taught me how normally I was never where I was. I was all because you asked about the future, yes. and I, I lived to my detriment in the next thing, yeah, yeah, as opposed to being where I was. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about another one of our incredible partners, Olive and June. Y'all know this about me. I much prefer to have my nails painted than not. Just makes me feel more put together and ready to take on the day. The challenge is that I'm not exactly like the best at doing my own nails. I try, but they end up looking not great. They chip easily, which makes me insane. And they're not smooth. But the alternative is spending a lot of money and time I don't have getting regular salon manis. But do not fear, Olive and June's Manny system is here to save the day. Do-it-yourself manicures that look salon perfect and last over seven days. Unheard of, I know, but you heard it here because it is true. Olive and June's Manny system comes with everything you need for an impeccable DIY Manny, and it's all in one box and only five steps. It comes with this easy-to-grip poppy. It's a handle that fits on all of their bottles, and it just helps you have, like, steadier hands so that you can get a smooth coat of paint on both hands. The Manny system with six polishes breaks down to only $2 per manicure, y'all. I mean, y'all, I used to spend more than like $35 on just one gel manicure. My gosh. And the Olive and June polish is amazing. They have tons of variety in their color options and even have glitter and metallic options too. The polish, especially with their signature top coat, is so shiny. It looks just like gel and it doesn't chip. It lasts a whole week, much longer than my do-it-yourself efforts typically last. The Olive and June Manning System is the secret behind salon perfect nails at home. All in one, no guessing, no messy nails, no salon price tag. And as one of my friends, you can get 20% off your first Manny system at oliveandjune.com with my code that sounds fun. Your new nail life is here. Get 20% off your first Manny system when you use promo code that sounds fun at oliveandjune.com. We're done with expensive bad manicures, okay? This is the new us, you guys. And now back to our conversation with Mike Donahue. This album that just came out, I've listened to it twice. Sweet. It, all the way through and then had it other That's times. That's a big deal. Front to back twice. That's a big deal. The Glory reprise is what makes me cry every time. Oh, nice. Isn't that wild? Why? It's like 40 seconds or something. Mm -hmm. I like felt tears coming and then it was done. <laughs> I was like, oh, the, the reprise is what got I know. Got it's me. funny. We might make that a radio single and my radio guy was going, oh. I wish we could put the reprise on the radio single. So listen, be way part too long. two, this is vote number two saying the reprise has got something on it. There's okay. some juice on that reprise. Mm, I'm thinking. <laughs> think about it. All right. Will you tell us a little bit of the story? There's I think, some juice on the I'm reprise. I'm telling you, there is. No, I need to make a t-shirt that says there's some juice on that reprise. <laughs> you can have it. That's okay. all yours because I'm going to take your peace <laughs> sentence for sure into my journal and into oh, my life. I, have an, I bet there's an engineer that listens to your show. Uh-huh. And I have – I'm giving this idea away. Okay. okay. I've always wanted to be on Shark Tank. Okay. I have this one idea. And so during the pandemic yes. – sorry, I'm jumping I'm no, jumping right ahead I'm of you. I'm very into this. Um, I, so I wrote a song on the record called Abundance. Yes. Which was about – Will you say the first line of the chorus? 
I don't live in abundance. I live from abundance. Is that right? I want to live in abundance and live from abundance. And live from abundance. Yeah. I was like, this guy writes. I, wanna I wanted give- to throw my phone. So let me tell you about that song. I, I wrote that song um, during the toilet paper shortage. <laughs> so that Get song that song was really instigating. You're that song so for me. two things. I was, no, no, it'll it'll come back around. I'm, I'm watching this happen about toilet paper, and I'm reading a book by Parker J. Palmer called yeah. Let Your Life Speak. Yes, quite, about second half of life. Yeah, so, well. Right? Isn't that the one that's about our second half of our life? No, is that the wrong one? I think you're thinking of Falling Upward. You're right, I am. I'm uh, sorry. No, but I've read that book, too. It's a great one. Because uh, how old are you? I'm 41. Also. Yeah. So 1980. We're, 1980. Okay. July 7th? July 8th. You are no, lying. Oh, my God. You're the worst. September 30th is my birthday. <laughs> I am three months older than you. Don't disrespect me like that. <laughs> me too. I was so happy. Ego River. Oh, um, that was too great. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. So you're reading so Parker Palmer. I'm reading that, and I'm watching the toilet paper shortage unfold, literally and figurative, figuratively. <laughs> and it, it struck me that there wasn't a shortage of toilet paper, okay? Okay. We didn't run out of toilet paper. No. Just the toilet paper that was on the grocery store shelves was reallocated to a couple people's cupboards. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And so in, in his book, Parker J. Palmer, he says, uh, and I'm being a bit minimalistic to say that that song was all about the, sh- the toilet paper, but it was a part it of it. It sparked it, maybe. Because Parker J. Palmer, he says, what's interesting is when we live out of scarcity, mm-hmm. when we live in fear of scarcity, we actually end up creating the very scarcity we're afraid of for other people. <sighs> Wow. Wow. For other people, not even for ourselves. We bring it on you other people. You create the scarcity that you're afraid of. Wow. Toilet paper is a perfect right. example. Yes. I am terrified. I'm going to – because it wasn't like everyone was taking 10 more deuces a day. Right. It, it, <laughs> right. Was, Our bodies didn't change. Yes. The demand didn't go up. Yes. The supply ran out yeah. because people were afraid. And when they did that, they they robbed others of the abundance. Mm. And so when Jesus says, I came to give you lives abundant – you know, it means that we are called to trust that God is going to supply our needs. Mm. And that allows us to give and share. And what ends up happening is we create the abundance that we are trusting for. Okay. Okay. So all that said, I like that. I, I have this Shark Tank idea. Okay. <laughs> um, because as as philosophical as I want to be about that, I still every day was sweating because yeah. I was going, there's no toilet paper. Girls, you need to stop going. <laughs> right. half, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. They had just announced there's no toilet paper on any of the shelves. Yeah. I walk in. My kids have never done this in their lives, uh-huh. but they're cooped up in the house. There's right. nowhere to go. Right. I come in the backyard. They had found rolls of no. toilet paper and started throwing <laughs> – you can't make this stuff up. They right. were throwing right. toilet paper all around my backyard. Right. And I come out and go, no! <laughs> uh, what's the big deal, Dad? I mean, the faith of a child, there's a whole story there yeah, they about are when the world tells really you there's not enough, the kids are like, well, let's just play with what we got. Yeah. and uh, But all that to say, Short take. I want to create a little wigwam, okay. a little Pinterest-looking wigwam. And you put your toilet paper roll inside of it. Okay. And it's got a little button or a wave sensor. Uh-huh. And out through the top where the smoke would be, the toilet paper comes out and you can regulate how many sheets of toilet paper wow. that come out so you can go five sheets at a time so that yes. your kid doesn't go. Right. But they just hit the button and. Why and has no one invented that? Exactly. That's and, when you know it's a good invention. And you call it the TPTP. <laughs> Now, you'd have to work with our Native American friends I to am make a, sure. I am a member of a Native American tribe, actually, <gasps> in Connecticut. And Are you? so far that I have, I've done some reconnaissance. Yeah, yeah. And it hasn't, TP doesn't seem to bear okay, any great. sort of offensive great, yes. language so far. Okay. Oh, man. TP, TP. That's TP, brilliant. I, mean, I think that's a great idea. It, you guys can run with it. Although, you know, I'd like no, we're gonna, some royalties. Yeah, Let the abundance flow. For sure. Flow, guys, for sure. This go. conversation just became part of the de- deposition when you sue someone because <laughs> <laughs> we've got the date on it. I got said it. I said it. <laughs> Um, will you talk about that? I mean, the album's called Flourish, but will you talk about the song Flourish? Oh, yeah. yeah. That one is so special. That was the song that got it started. So I'm going to give you a real quick backstory for those interested. 10th Avenue North. I know. I tried to ask you this a minute ago and no, you this, walked away from This it. is what Sorry. happened because people will go, why on earth did the band break up? And they always assume that there was some fight, some fallout. And yeah. I guess that probably is true. 
for a lot of bands. Yeah. Um, for our band, we actually always said we're never going to let this band take priority over our families. Yeah. And we had several members through the years in college and onward who would drop out and go, I, hey, I'm – and yeah. each time we'd go, are we supposed to keep going? Yeah. Well, a couple years ago, my drummer, Jason, who I started the band with, yeah. he went to go to work for Compassion because he said, yeah. my oldest daughter starting middle school. I can't live on the road anymore. Yeah. Can't do it. And – so he left. Uh, oh, it was it was a huge gut check for me of going, man. This just doesn't feel the same because yeah. we had started the band together, right? Of course. And then our piano player of ten years, he felt called to move on and start an organic farm in Florida yeah. with his wife. Uh, and they have a little uh, online TV it's the best. show. Yeah, I they have love a TV them show. so much. They're, yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. Um, and we said, okay, go. Like, w- we don't want to hold you back from what you feel God's calling you to do. Well, then in February of 2020. We're getting ready for our spring tour, and my wife and I have an epic fight. Wow. I mean, epic. Where it basically became apparent to me that I thought I had been listening to her because a couple of years ago she goes, hey, you need to cut the number of shows you're doing in half. And wow. we did. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh, I'm doing a good job. But it really came apparent in this conversation that she needed a much more drastic break than what I was giving her. Oh, wow. And part of it was, you know, she's learning to speak up for herself. She's a two. Of, mm. She was a very unhealthy two where she just mm-hmm. didn't know how to ask for what she sure, needed or wants. And so I'm guessing, right? But this was not her fault. I think she had really painted the signs out and said, I just need you to take this step of faith and take a huge break. So basically, I'll get real vulnerable here. We have this fight, and her and I don't. You, we don't ever like yell, scream, fight. Yeah, we've we've always been able to keep pretty level heads. Well, this one, she goes, ah, I just, I go, listen, you need to, you need time. You're overwhelmed because she's saying I got these four kids and I just yeah. can't make it. And I said, just, just go, like go to Chattanooga, go take a weekend. And she, so she packed a bag, got in the car, and drove off. Wow. And um, she got halfway to Chattanooga and she came back. Hmm. And and we sat there, we cried, hugged, and, and I'm like, what do you need? Why Chattanooga? I don't know. Okay. It was just close. I was like, do you have family there? It was close, it <laughs> but not close. It was like yeah, just far enough away. Yeah, it's not like you don't have to go away. to Franklin. Go all the way to Chattanooga, yeah. but stay in Tennessee. Yeah, let's just stay uh, in Tennessee. Right on the border. And, wow. and she came back. I go, listen. And she goes, that's not what I want. That's not what I need. I don't need to be away. I need you to be home. Mm. And it was the first time she really just said it. Yeah. And... I went, okay. And I looked at her. I said, I said, do you need me to quit the band? And she said, no. I go, okay. I was like, do you need me to quit touring? She goes, no. I go, okay, what are you asking for? Mm-hmm. And she says, I just need a break. And then, you know, I'm, I'm like trying to get all the particulars out, which it wasn't the time for that. Gentlemen, when you're talking to your wife, like, feel it before you try to fix Craig, it. Learning. Feel it before you fix it. <laughs> That, l- listen, that's what Jesus Feel did. Isn't that interesting? It. That's beautiful. Jesus came and walked the earth for 30 years before he did any ministry. Hmm. Felt it before he fixed it. Yeah, anyway, that's beautiful. It's not about the nail. So my, <laughs> I love how you do that crap. <laughs> that video is so good. Yeah. So I'm sitting there with my wife. I said, well, what are you, what are you asking me? And she goes, I just, I just need us to take a break. So I go, okay. So I go to the band. I said, hey, listen. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how long. Could be three months. Could be eight months. Could be a year. My family, we've never taken a break. And the thing is, all the other band members, when they had a kid or something, they would take a break and we'd get a replacement player. Well, I'm the one guy who you can't, I got to be up there, I guess. So it just came to a head. And I said, listen, I, I, I don't know how to tell you guys this, but I need to take a break. And this was... And this was in February. And this was one of the most profound moments of my life because every guy went, actually. Oh, wow. Actually what? Actually, I didn't know how to tell you this, but I was quitting at the end of the tour. At the end of that tour. Uh, wow. M- particularly, my bass player, Ruben, was yeah. going to go full-time in real estate because he's yeah. crushing it. And then Jeff and Heather had always wanted to move back to Florida and help Nina and Brennan with their farm. Yeah. And Jeff was going to do film and TV recording music and stuff. And um, and then it was, well, I guess this isn't our spring tour. This is our farewell tour, which became our canceled by COVID tour, which really was not 
great. Right. Um, but it was really a gift to me because one of the reasons that I didn't ever take a break from the band is because I wrongly felt that it was my responsibility to provide for everybody in the band. Yeah. And God really went, that that was never yours to carry. Mm. In fact, maybe you went on too long. Yeah. And that's something I have to let Look God, and learn from. Yeah. And yeah. God redeems. That's yeah, that's, that's right. one thing I know. That's right. So I go, all right. But all that to say, the band goes, actually, you keep going with 10th Avenue North and just hire a bunch of new guys. And there's a lot of people who go, financially, branding-wise, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. You yeah. worked a long time to build this brand up. Right. And I just went, man, if you guys are quitting, I'm not going to keep doing music as 10th Avenue North, because I feel like that dishonors you guys. Mm. It basically says, I didn't need you anyway. Yeah, that you are all session players or hired hands versus members. Yeah. So I made this tremulous uh, decision to, okay, I think I'm going to do solo music. But, man, maybe not. So we get a couple months into the pandemic, and I go, maybe not. Maybe this is it. Maybe my best is behind me, and... In music, and I need to go into something else, just like these other the other guys felt reassigned. They knew, yeah, that's right. Reassigned. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, that's a good word. Right, and I said, "Well, I'm sitting here by myself in my house, and uh, not by myself. I have four daughters, but <laughs> every night I just started going into my office once the kids went to bed, and I would just I always view songwriting as like self therapy." Free therapy. Yeah. There's this verse in Psalm 49 where David says, maybe I shared this last time, but he says, I listen to wisdom and with the music of the lyre, I will solve my riddle. Oh my gosh. So David referred to songwriting as unriddling himself. Yeah. Okay. And so I had a lot of riddles to figure out. Yeah. So I went, well, I need to at least give songwriting one last good go here while I'm, while there's nothing else to do. Yeah. And... I ended up writing over a hundred songs in six months. Good gravy! They're by not yourself. All, they're not all good songs. <laughs> um, mostly by myself. But I, near when things started to open up there yeah. in the fall, I started co-writing with other people. But the first song I wrote was a song called "Flourish." Ah, uh-uh. and it was this sort of fist in the sky. Yes. You know what? Maybe I'm not even supposed to be a songwriter anymore. Mm. Maybe I'm not even supposed to be a musician anymore. And maybe my circumstances aren't going to change, but that doesn't mean I can't flourish. Right. Like that everything around me doesn't need to flourish for me to flourish. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember I wrote the bridge of that song and I had to hit the space bar and I just put my head in my hands and I just wept and wept and wept and wept. Because yeah. it was just the thing that I needed to pray. And it really, that song in particular, this all started, you asked me about that one song. Yes. Yeah, because Flourish and Abundance and the Glory Reprise were the three that I was like, we've got to talk. The whole thing's good, but those three yeah. impacted me greatly in my story today. I love it. That's beautiful. And But that Flourish was really that song that I needed to remind myself of. Will you explain hitting the space bar for people who? Oh right, right. So when you're <laughs> when you're listening to you hit the space bar when you're in Logic and it plays the track that you've just recorded, and then when you hit space bar, it stops the track. Yeah. So so you stop the song and just hit the space the bar. Whole That's thing. another T-shirt. Yeah, hit the space bar. <laughs> Listen, Take a pause. All I want you to do is keep writing music and write more books. The, As we're talking, and I'm more like, T-shirts. Please write and more T-shirts. Yeah, I need more swag. There's for more sure. juice on the reprise. I just need. <laughs> It's true. You just ask the Holy Spirit. It is true. Um, I'm working on another book. Okay, good. I just turned in the rough draft. <gasps> yes. It's very rough. Can I read it early? Oh, yeah. Okay, great. It's uh, so, it. I'll this, write an endorsement or something if you'll just let me read it early. This, you may not even want this my book endorsement. Is not, this is not going to be relevant to today's culture, but it's called Grace in the Gray, A More Loving Way to Disagree. Oh, that's great. I know it's not relevant. It's right nothing now. it's Everyone's nothing like we're talking about right so right, well right now. Right. But just being in the public eye and being so used to having to give a caveat to yeah. every single thing yeah. you say and yeah. how you know, even I post my family in Halloween garb and then I have to and I try to be diligent that mm-hmm. when I when people at least on social media ask me a question where it, it feels like they're actually asking a question. Yes. And not just telling me why I'm wrong. Yes. I try to meet that curiosity with curiosity. Yeah. 
and and always try to meet everyone with kindness. Mm-hmm. So curiosity and kindness are I'm yeah. trying, especially as I navigate social media in particular, I yeah. try to let those be my overarching narratives. Yeah. And I so during the pandemic, one of the things I was doing was I was just kind of I was kind of throwing gas on the fire a little bit of just kind of testing out sort of some controversial things. Uh-huh. And uh, and it was really profound because at that point I wanted to give up being on social media altogether. Yeah. It just feels like this narcissistic echo chamber where you're just, you're just trying to get all the people who agree with you to keep agreeing with you. Mm. Uh, and I was like, ah, I'm just so tired of this. And so – I started posting some things and then I would be diligent to someone who really disagreed with me. I would pin their comment at the top. <laughs> but I wouldn't – but I wouldn't – But you wouldn't but respond? Then I, but then I would respond in like a very curious way instead of look at this dummy and what yes. they said. Yes. Like, oh, I want to give validation to what you're – That someone might disagree with me. Saying, and yeah. then I would pin someone's right. comment who agreed with me. And what, what ended up starting happening, I started getting people go, hey – I just want you to know the thing I've gotten the most out of your social media presence is I really am encouraged by the way you disagree with people. Mm. And that kind of got my wheels turning yeah. on a book to yeah. write that I think that would be really helpful for a lot of us if we could mm-hmm. just learn how to not freak out on each other. Yes. That's that was gonna be the uh, subtitle of the book. Yeah. <laughs> Stop freaking out on each other. But that's very good. That's a t-shirt. Yes. There you go. We've got a whole line of t-shirts. Um, okay, I can't wait to read it. And I, I mean, when I was listening through Flourish, the album, I just kept thinking, I want you to like, you're like a Madeline Langle. Andrew Peterson kind of voice to me. I received that. And and so I'm like, I want like a book on creativity from you. I want a book on God from you. I want, I mean, I just, so I have a list. Okay. That that would be helpful. (laughs) I need someone else's. Yeah. Can I just be your your manager for like one day a year? You'd be my book manager. (laughs) Because those are the ones, the other ones I need. Um, Another thing that you talk about that I hear in the album is the whole idea of holding joy and sadness together. Yeah. And we talk about that a lot around here, especially when we rescheduled the tour. Yes. Um, we, the thing I keep talking about is the yes and. Yes, we are disappointed. And what does it make possible? Yes, this is hard. And yes, I feel joy and sadness in you're, both. You're quoting, uh, I, I believe it's First Thessalonians. Probably. Where he, where he says, we grieve, but we don't grieve as With those that. who have no hope. Right, right. right. So, I I took it out of Psalm 126. That's what I want us to talk those about. Those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. Yes. I heard that verse so many times as a kid. I don't know why. But I always took it to mean, okay, if I cry hard enough, if I pray hard enough, God's going to give me what I want. Mm. And because I have so many therapy friends, I have yeah. several friends with like masters in counseling, and I've seen Pixar's Inside Out. So I've kind of learned <laughs> That's what that, I talk about too, you know, Inside sometimes Out. Sometimes sadness has got to sit with joy. And, and I'm like, sometimes sadness has got to sit with joy. <laughs> you're like, your forness is like, there's a lot of sadness. We got to find the joy. And I'm like, there's yeah. a lot of joy. We got to believe the sadness. That's really funny. <laughs> the, 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 the picture that my friend Jeff Schulte talks about is when you don't explore your sadness or your grief, yeah. if you just push it aside and you don't acknowledge it, and dance with it. And I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. What ends up happening is you numb yourself because that, that's what you have to do. To not deal with your sadness, you have to find something to numb that's out right. that pain. That's right. And you think that by doing that, I'm going to increase my happiness. Yes. But when you when you bring up the bottom of your sadness, you actually bring down the roof of your joy too. Right. And my friend Jeff says, and then eventually it comes out sideways. Oh, wow. Because you're squishing them. So it's going to come out yeah, the side of the donut. Yeah, Luke Skywalker in the trash compactor. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, s- and so I hear this phrase all the time, faith over feelings. Mm. Have you seen that? Yeah. I see it, hashtag, I don't want to get on anyone's case, um, but it's just v- very poor use of words. Yeah. And this isn't as bumper sticker worthy, but I think we'd be better to say, I want faith informed by my feelings. And feelings informed by my faith. Yes. That our faith and our feelings, I actually just, I, love I wrote about this in my book. Great. They're not meant to be at war with one another. Yeah. They're not duking it out to yeah. see who's going to win. They're meant to be dance partners. Mm-hmm. 
You know, yes. there's an elegance there. And one of the things that's, I mean, I'm sure you talk about this a ton. I've heard you talk about this a ton, but that our emotions are gifts. Yes. To be listened to, not to be dictated by. Yeah. Or given the reins. Yeah, they can ride, they can't drive. But they are <laughs> they are essential to yes. listening to so that you understand where you're going unbeknownst yes. to yourself. Like, yes. Right. That's oh. it. Hey friends, just taking a quick break to tell you about one of our amazing partners, Pendulum. There are so many aspects of seeking to be the healthiest version of ourselves, aren't there? Nutrition plays a huge role in your microbiome, which in turn impacts your mental and physical well-being. The science is clear and we've heard it, right? A healthy gut microbiome, you know, with the good bacteria that helps our bodies process food is key to a healthy lifestyle. But now we're learning about the connection between your gut health and type 2 diabetes. And Pendulum Glucose Control is the first and only medical probiotic that's designed to help manage A1C and blood glucose levels through the health of your microbiome. So people with type 2 diabetes over time can lose the gut bacteria that helps them digest fiber and manage their blood glucose levels. Sometimes diet and exercise alone can help keep that in check, but studies are showing that the best approach is one that emphasizes diet, exercise, and a healthy gut microbiome. If you have type 2 diabetes and you've struggled to manage your levels with diet and exercise alone, your gut microbiome might need attention. Pendulum Glucose Control helps fill in the gaps by providing the first and only probiotic designed to manage blood glucose and A1C levels. With Pendulum, you can feel in control of your levels, not the other way around. Take control of your glucose levels today. Try Pendulum Glucose Control for 90 days. If you're not satisfied with your levels, you get your money back. So visit PendulumLife.com to find out more and use the promo code that sounds fun for 20% off your first bottle of membership. That's P-E-N-D-U-L-U-M-L-I-F-E.com. Promo code that sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Mike. That scripture has like, before we left out, we, so we did a leg of the tour in June. Mm-hmm. And then we, oh yeah, because we've tried to get you as a live. <laughs> yes, that's right. We did a leg of the tour in June. And then we were supposed to do one in October. And before the June one, Pastor Kevin from Crosspoint came over um, on our rehearsal day and prayed for us. And that is the scripture he brought that that people would, who had been sowing in tears would reap in joy. Mm. And that those who go out mourning will come back laughing. Mm. And then the the cool thing is a, a band had me come in and pray for them before they went out on tour. And I went, let me let me just tell you what I know. Yeah. Is exactly. let me just carry on. Let me just testify and say, do it again, Lord, that that there is there is real the reality of scripture in our lives is that if you sow in tears, you reap in joy. Here, uh, practical level. So let's go back to I'm sitting there being jealous of Switchfoot and Need to Breathe and New Respects doing this big, huge arena show. And I said, well, what am I feeling right now? Because mm. that, that's the thing that that sort of process allows question. you to start doing. I yep. asked that to my wife this morning because I could tell uh, one of my kids, I got to bring her with the, to the dentist now. I said, hey, what are you feeling? Yeah. And it's really important not to say, why are you feeling that? Right. You say, what's behind that? Mm. Because we grow up learning to defend or defeat. Like we, we're, we're defensive or defeated. Mm. Right. And we learn to cast aside our emotions or to like present them as the truth, as opposed to just getting curious about them. Yeah. Hmm, what what is that? That's interesting. And so something my therapist friends like to say is what's behind that? Yeah. Right? Think of it right. as a doorway into the target. Wow. What's behind the door? So you're sad. What's behind that? There's probably a lot behind that. Yeah. And so, for instance, I'm sitting there going, oh, what's behind my sadness? Oh, well, yeah, like you said, it's not so much that I'm jealous of what they're doing. It's just I'm sad that I'm not doing what I'm good at doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, oh, man, what else am I feeling? I, being at this concert, I'm actually lonely. Yeah. Oh, no, don't acknowledge you're lonely. Wait a second. By acknowledging I'm lonely, I go, oh, the relationships and friendships of my bandmates meant more to me than I realized. Yeah. So then guess what I do? Oh, then I'm texting my bandmates going, hey, I just want you to know that you mean a lot to me. Yeah. And being at that show and being lonely made me realize that. A friend and I were just talking about this, about loneliness in general, and she said, I feel really lonely. I wonder if that means I'm not supposed to do this. 
And and the same as the conversation with jealousy of going like, when you ask, why am I feeling this? Oh, the jealousy isn't about them. It's about me. And in, in reality, it's about me and God. Mm-hmm. And, and so... And so you can celebrate others, you can cheer for others, you can go to concerts or baby showers or weddings or someone else's number one party or whatever and go, yeah, nothing I'm feeling is about them. I want everything for them. Yes. And so that's in, so when we were talking about loneliness, I said, I don't th- just like I don't think jealousy is about them, I don't think loneliness is about them. Mm-hmm. And I think when we feel lonely, hmm. we're actually always going to feel lonely. I don't think that goes away. I think we're always lonely. Right. Well, the emotion is a gift. Oh, this is what yes. I was going to say. Oh, good. So when you when you don't acknowledge what you're feeling, you actually are being run by your emotions. When you're stifling them down and not Oh, yeah, because you're running from them. And they yep. are pushing you in yeah. places that you don't even realize. Yeah, that's right. But when you stop and you turn, you go, oh, I'm lonely. Oh, that's what that is. Now you get to have a choice in the matter. Mm-hmm. Now you get to move toward health or unhealth. That's good. Right? So now, oh, I'm lonely. Well, what's behind my loneliness? Oh, 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 I haven't talked to that friend or I haven't talked to my parents a long time yeah. or, or had that fight with that person. Yeah. I should make amends with that person or I should reach out and ask my friend's friend over. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. That was something, oh man. Or, or you, you, you move toward unhealth and you go yeah. further into your loneliness. Yes. But now at least you have uh, responsibility in the yes. equation. Yes. But I was going to say one of the things that really came apparent to me after all this touring with a family, because what would happen is I'd be on the road, built-in relationship, built-in community, built-in friendship. Yeah. Then I'd get off the road, and I would just have a couple days at home, so I just wouldn't call anyone, wouldn't talk to anyone, would just be with my family. Then I'd get back on the road. Well, guess what happened? When when, <laughs> when the, the band gone. fell yeah. apart, I realized I am terrible at asking people over. Hmm. I'm terrible at reaching out because yeah. I, I couldn't for yeah, so long. right. And so... I've had to learn how to ask for what I need and want. Yeah. And go, oh, I I want friends to come over. Well, why don't you call someone? Yeah. Like, well, I never could before. Learning about yourself may be one of the highest calls of humanness, right? Of like, I'm going to be better for everyone the more I understand why I do what I do. Search me, oh God, and know my heart. That's it. Sur- right. Search me. And you're just not going to pray that prayer if if you're still suspicious or embarrassed by your emotions. Wow. You've got to make friends with them. Yeah. And go. Yeah, that's how I feel about loneliness. Like, make friends with loneliness. It's never going to go away, relationships or not. Mm-hmm. No matter your, no matter how many people you're with or not with, loneliness isn't going to go away. It sneaks up all the time. So if I can make friends with my loneliness and ask myself, what what is behind this? Mm-hmm. Then I either then then I have all these choices. It's like a it's like a store opens up to me if I will be friends with my loneliness. Yes. Of what I need next. Instead of going, what can I do to get out of this loneliness? Because that's like trying to get out of air. We're just yes. not gonna get out of air. Well, and you know, there's a huge thing, Brene Brown and all like people love to get down on shame. Uh-huh. But shame, I mean, we're all just using words for different mysteries, right? So it depends on what you mean. But I like to say there's healthy shame and toxic shame. Sure. Because healthy shame, it, it actually – our band put out a record called No Shame. Mm-hmm. So I was really nervous putting out that record because I went, well, people are going to think we mean do whatever you want, no shame. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I wear, I wear what I want, no shame. I, <laughs> you know, I, whatever. And the, the reality is is sometimes shame comes to us and saying, hey, you were wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. And yeah. When you acknowledge that shame, you go, oh, I need to go make that right. Yeah. I need to go apologize. Yeah. Toxic shame is, wasn't you were wrong, it's you are wrong. Mm-hmm. Everything right. about you is wrong. Right. That's toxic shame. Yes. And that's that making, like acknowledging what you're feeling, you can actually present that to yourself. Oh, I'm believing this toxic shame as mm-hmm. opposed to this was an isolated incident that I need to go apologize yes. for. And if we believe scripture is true, wouldn't you sow in tears, you reap in joy. Yes. So when even in your embarrassment, even in, in, in repentance, even in all those places, it's not just tears of sadness. It can be tears of shame, and you will reap in joy. Yeah, If absolutely. you will sow them. I mean, it's still, it's still the yes. let moment, right? Yes. It's exactly what you're saying. Like, it doesn't ju- just say, you have to, like, cry your tears. You have to sow them. You know, it's so funny. I just, I just recorded on my podcast a guy named John Lynch who wrote a book called The Cure— and we were talking about the beauty of confession. Uh-huh. 
and how in a lot of Christian circles, and my my song altogether is kind of about this, yeah. is we love to hear about past struggles. Like we love a testimony at church <laughs> about a past struggle. Yeah. But we're when you've crossed the finish line. But we're not super excited about having current struggle testimony. <laughs> right. That's like that's a special group. Uh-huh. You guys go uh-huh. over there. Yeah. And I think we've neglected this reality that we confess our sins to God and are forgiven, but we need to confess our sins to each other to be healed. Mm. Wow. That's James 5. James 5 says, confess your sins one to another and pray for each other that you might be healed. Now, that doesn't mean – I'm not advocating that everyone needs to get up in front of their church because not every church is – unfortunately, a safe place to yeah, do that. that's right. And not everyone is going to be a safe place. Yeah. And, and in fact, I've gotten hundreds of messages of people going, hey, I tried it and I got kicked out. Yeah. I got uprooted. I got, I got Jimmy Fallon is what I like to say. Yeah. L. Yeah. L. 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 <laughs> and my friend John Lynch says the only right response from a gospel-believing person when someone confesses something to them the only right first response. There's other responses that follow, but the first response should always be, is that all you got? Wow. Is that all you've got? All right. To say anything less is to actually discount the power of the blood of Jesus. Mm. Wow. Is that all you've got? If I believe the blood of Jesus is as powerful as scripture suggests, that is the only right response. Is that all you've got? That... That speaks to me in my own heart and in some stories. I mean, I'm just going like, yeah, is that all you've got? It, is that all you've got because po- of the power of Jesus? It's, it's just – it boggles my mind. It boggles my mind how people have experienced church uh, and not all churches are created equal. Yeah. But it boggles my mind that people experience church as a place where they can't be utterly real and authentic. Beca- <laughs> right. Because to me, I say this all the time. If you walked into a church building, you just said, I am in need of divine intervention. <laughs> yeah. By showing up. Yeah, that's what you up. are proclaiming. Yeah, you're right. You're I go, right. so so where did we go? Go from that's the starting point. Yeah. And then I need Jesus, but now I can't look like I need Jesus. But don't know it. Don't know it. Yeah. Just think I'm here. Yeah. We need divine intervention. That's right. I, and I'll say this, and then I'll, I'll stop talking about it. But no, I love it. The This is what I've realized is... Because almost everyone I know that has a problem with God has a problem with a person. Yes. In the name of God. Yes, that's right. And we have to always remind ourselves that the best news about the gospel is the worst news about the gospel, mm-hmm. which is you get to be loved and accepted right where you are. Mm-hmm. And so the church is going to be full of people who got loved and accepted right where they are. Yeah. And they are still in process. Right. And you are still in process. And we are still in process. So, and oh, there's this line in this new Coldplay song. And maybe you're going to get feedback that Coldplay worships the devil or whatever. But hope they don't. um, I love their music. And they have a song called uh, Let Somebody Go. I think Mm -hmm. that's what it's called. And uh, Selena Gomez is singing the second verse. And it Uh says, I asked the mathematicians something what they say. And they said, love is only equal to the pain. Or wow. love is always equal to the pain. Right. And it's kind of what we're talking about, joy and sadness, love yeah. and pain. That if you want love and community, unfortunately, you have to open up your the ability to be hurt by people mm-hmm. um, because that's just the other side of the coin. It's kind of yes. like hope. Hope deals the hardest blow. Now I'm just sort of riffing. I'm sorry. but uh, hope, Do not apologize. Listen, hope deals the hardest blow. I forget who said that. but You did the, to us. Well, somebody else said credit. it. I'm quoting someone. The The – the reason we stop hoping as we get older is because we tried it and, and it, it did not didn't service. feel worth it. That's right. That's exactly right. Uh, Say I this. had all this hope in this tour and it didn't happen. Yes. And hope deterred makes the heart sick. That's what so Proverbs sick. says. Right. <laughs> but it's worth it mm-hmm. because the alternative is uh, there's this old David Wilcox song called That's What the Lonely Is For. Yeah. Where he says, imagine your heart is a mansion and the halls and the rooms are too tall and too deep to keep it warm. And he says, with only the thin fire of romance to warm you, these halls are too tall and deep. Mm. He goes, I'm getting getting emotional right here. He says, when I get lonely, that's only a sign 
that some room is empty and that room is there by design. Mm. If I feel hollow, it's just my proof that there's more for me to follow. That's what the lonely is for. And then in the bridge, he says, now you could build up walls in the hallways. You could close off the doors and close off some small room to live in. But those walls will remain and keep you there always. And you'll never know why you were given, why you were given the lonely. And as I've gotten older and more hopes have been dashed and I've been hurt by more people, the temptation is to stop hoping and to stop letting people in. Yeah. But it's worth it. Yeah. It's just worth it. I left work a f- one Friday a couple weeks ago and drove straight to a tattoo parlor and got a yeah. hope-themed tattoo. I love that. Because of that verse in Romans that says, hope that is seen is no hope at all. And so I have almost cried like eight times during the show. <laughs> And, but then I like pulled it together on your behalf. Let it go. And uh, then you invited me to have emotions, and I now am going to be unstoppable all day. <laughs> right? Greg, Greg's like, I know. Greg, how many times did you think I was going to cry in this conversation? Like four. I know, I know, I know you know. Yeah, like, Mike, I yeah. don't want to have faith because faith means I'm not going to know the answer. Ugh, listen. Right. And yet, what does, I mean, Faith is the thing, yeah. right? Faith is the thing. But I was in a group. The, we are, I'm using so much of your time. I'm sorry, but I'm we're here. almost done. Faith. I, I was in a group of friends the other day, and we were talking about it. And one of the guys says, do you think when we pray, it actually changes God's mind? And I was like, is this a question? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yes, Jesus says, pray and don't give up because the uh, the widow just kept saying until the judge changed his mind. The guy was in bed and didn't want to give up and give. I mean, the two stories Jesus tells about mm-hmm. prayer are both that the person being asked of changed their mind. Yes. So I, you know, I went full Annie about it. I was like, how are we even <laughs> full, discussing this? Full Annie. Peak, <laughs> peak Annie. That's right. Because I'm so convinced that faith and hope are the things that that will actually make us who we want to be. I, I, but they hurt like hell. They hurt like hell. They hurt like hell. I mean, and that is, I just watched this really great video sermon of Francis Chan where he's on a balance beam. <laughs> and he goes, this is my life, right? And I want to I want to do this thing. And he goes, but I, but then I don't want to fall. And then he starts crouching down. He's like, and I don't, I don't want to lose anything. And then he, he eventually is just hugging the balance beam. Yeah. And he goes, and I just... I just want to have a, a good life and I want to feel safe and and then I I want to die in my sleep and and he's just sort of like he's rolling off the beam oh, real wow. slowly and yeah. he goes and I just if I could just die and not even feel any pain that'd be great yeah. and he goes and then you die and you get to heaven and he puts his feet on the pad and he strikes this huge gymnast finish pose <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and you go and you're supposed to go that's that's the life that God wanted for us. Right. And I have this r- sort of morbid practice every, it's not morbid. Some people think it's morbid. Every year on my birthday, I like to go for a walk in a cemetery. July 8th. July 8th, <laughs> September 3rd. Um, and I like to read um, the top regrets of people who are dying. Yeah. So if you look up, there's d- different hospice nurses who have written articles over the yeah. years. And it's so fascinating. Absolutely. Number one regret is I spent too much time working and not enough time with my family. Yeah. And the number two regret is always I wish I had taken more risks. Really? And and here's the deal. That faith necessitates risk. Yeah. And if there's no risk in it, it's not faith. Yeah. And that sounds so mean of God until you live in that place and it's so exhilarating. Yeah. That you go, isn't it awesome that this might not work out? Yeah, I could break my collarbone on this balance beam. Yeah. But all right. It's why a guy walking across a tightrope across Niagara Falls mesmerizes us. Yeah. It's not like we want to see him fall. It's right. just the fact that he could fall. Right. Is crazy. Yeah. What did we not say that we need to say? I, I'm just, I don't know. We, I think we covered Mike, it Mike, I feel that – I need you to know that when you leave us, I feel – this until you're back. Every time I'm like, do oh. we have a spot for Mike Donnie? Can we? Get, I mean, you should ask Jenna when you get out there. I mean, this is a gift. It's very kind of you. 
truly, as is your Flourish album. I love it. I wouldn't Thanks. lie to you. That would a waste of friendship for me to not tell you the truth. So, I, I appreciate it. I really love it. I think our friends will love listening to it. Um, the last question we always ask, yes. as you know, because the show is called That Sounds Fun. Mm-hmm. Tell me what sounds fun to you. What sounds fun to me right now is taking all my kids to Hawaii. Okay. And, and ri- your wife? And my wife. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's given. Yeah. And riding on the backs of dinosaurs while the Jurassic Park theme song plays. <laughs> Is this even po- – are there dinosaurs in Hawaii waiting no, to be ridden? No, but that's uh, not it. That, not that we found Why is this – but Faith would say. But that that <laughs> Faith and hope. <laughs> Jurassic Park was filmed in Hawaii. Yeah. And it's, it's my favorite place besides New Zealand. Maybe I want to go to New Zealand. That sounds fun too. Did y'all get to do a shows in New Zealand? I did one show <sighs> in New Zealand. Yeah. I would. I'll, that's all you need to get to go there is one. I know. I need one speaking event in New Zealand or Australia. Oh, it's it's amazing. Yeah. And th- nothing will kill you in New Zealand. There's no natural predators. There's no right. snakes. There's no poisonous spiders. Right. There's no bears in the woods. There's you, no bears either. No, I knew there were no snakes. You, you could just park your RV and people do this. There, and you just go out and lay down the forest. Nothing's going to kill and you. And nothing's going to kill you. And in Australia, just you know, 500 miles away, everything will kill you. <laughs> Alligator. Plants. <laughs> Twigs, <laughs> everything will kill you. Ants, everything. Yeah. Um, so traveling. Yeah. I think having traveled my whole life and now having not traveled for quite a bit. Yeah. I I'm getting the the itchy itch for that. Yeah. So that sounds. Weird. Okay. Hawaii. Well done. Um, thanks for doing this. It means thanks a lot. Me. I'm Thank so you. grateful for you. Oh, you guys, don't you love him? My gosh. Craig and I were both just happy as little clams in here in the studio after that podcast was finished. We just adore him. Mike is just such a gift. Hey, be sure to check out his latest album, Flourish. It's available wherever you love to stream music and put it on repeat. And go follow him on social media. Tell him thanks for being on the show. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I'll do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me is having dinner with some friends, and then we've discussed going to Target. So there might be a Target stop in my future tonight. I'm looking forward to it. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday with a really special story from my friend, Maddie Selectman. We'll see y'all then. Yeah. Say, check one, two on a microphone. Any down, so you call to your home.